You're listening to Paint the Town Podcast with your hosts. LA Street Art Gallery resident artist, teacher, and founder of LA Street Art Gallery, James Chen of What's up, bro? Hey. What's up, brother? Ugh. Second show of the day. Oh, look, a little dude, wardrobe a little, change. Got my corona got a little shirt guest on. Look, hey. What's up, Mike? Brilliant. No, let me see that hoodie. What's that you got there? Corona? Corona beer? That's funny, Mike. For some, for some reason, uh, like I said, it's the talk of the town today. So we got to give it a, a stencil a little bit of a extra... Um, you know, because I feel like, oh man, all these people—they do—they do see the post. Here's all the comments. <laughs> well, um, it's funny because there's always people that that are like, "Leave them alone, man. They're just trying to," you know. And it's like, I'm—it's my way of saying, "Welcome to LA," you know. Like, but you know, some people are still just—they, why you gotta be a hater? Why you gotta just leave them alone? You can't you you can't comment on anything uh, or else you're being insensitive these days, right? Hypersensitive, hypersensitive <laughs> folks these days, you know. So today, basically, we have a a very interesting guest who's been following our podcast for a while, actually, and um, <clears throat> I don't know too much about him except for uh, what I've read on the Wikipedia, and I, actually, I have. Um, you know, gotten in contact with him, and he sent us a few videos, basically. So uh, um, we're going to have Exvala on the show today, or at least that's how I think. That's how you pronounce it, basically. Um, or is it just the videos? Is it just going to be the videos? He's not actually going to... No, 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 no. He, hopefully, he's going to come. I'm going to give him the code and tell him to call. Whenever I give the people the code too early, they always call early. So, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold... I told him that we're going to call him at, uh, in, in about half hour, basically. But I figured we just kind of go over uh, a little bit of his work, actually, before we start. And because, uh, um, uh, you know, I think we're all being introduced to him a little bit right now if you're, uh, um, you know, not a fan of his, basically. So uh, on his Wikipedia, it says that Exvala is a contemporary artist who's known for controversial celebrity images and artifacts in his work and for his Fear Google campaign addressing loss of privacy in the Internet age. Um, okay, so he basically sent me a few videos. I figure I'd watch them together with you, actually, because I yeah, just, let's check them out. Uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of just browsed it real quick. I'm not sure what it's about, basically, but uh, I figure let, let's just watch it, okay? I mean, yeah, it's something to do with Banksy, you, you know what I mean? So, one second, let me just pull this up, and then it, it, for the audio people, we're going to go ahead and uh, narrate it for you. Oh, wow. Look how short his hair was. Holy cow. So that's actually Exvala right there with the... Well, yeah, the I believe so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, no, I've actually met him. Um, oh, okay, okay, you have. Yeah. Yeah, actually, uh, we met up uh briefly for uh a meal 
Um, I guess this nice. was last year, last year, or uh, no, it'd have been the year before, I think. Possibly. I think this is this scene right here is in uh, is in Miami or something like that, and they're taking a look at um, something on the wall. A lot of his work. There's some Daft Punk imagery. And he's walking up towards uh, an actual Banksy, uh, the one of the caveman holding the fast food. He looks a little bit like Ryan Reynolds, is, or is it just me? He does. That's, That's a handsome guy, man. Yeah, no, but, no, he's, he is, he's a handsome guy. He's got amazing hair in his beard. Uh, last time I saw him, his beard was a full, like, eight or ten inch long beard it was amazing so i guess in this video they're taking a look at the cut out of the wall chunk um of banksy's work him and this uh, it's in a big studio yeah no uh -oh, what's he gonna do <laughs> he's gonna paint over it oh my god no, no he, actually there is already a small exvala on that that's interesting that's his piece i guess okay Oh, meme man. ranch. Ah, meme <laughs> ranch. Okay. Meme awesome. ranch with a smiley face with the tooth missing and three eyeballs. So there you go, man. I just gave him a vote, so basically he's gonna call in uh, uh, when when he can, man. And uh, uh, but meanwhile, man, I just want to, uh, uh, I guess, kind of riff with you, man. Like, what you been doing the whole day? I just talked to you earlier this morning, so I, I feel like we usually do the show at nighttime, man, but that was such a cool conversation with Bumblebee, man. Oh, I know. I, I finally getting to see who he is. I, I, um, like I thought I may have seen him or something. It was probably in a video or something like that. Mm. Um, Not the one but, we made. <laughs> no, I, did, I never saw that, and I'm, I hope I'll never have to see it again. Like I said, Mo, we, we owe you a video, man. My bad, bro. Who was the uh, who who made that? Who what, what was the intern? The, the intern's name was Anthony Godinez, and you know, some this was like I said, he was like always just carrying around Mitchell's equipment. Like he, we actually did the Professor Jim video. Do you remember that video that we did of him flipping through the book or something like that? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yes. You know, and that one turned out great. And then he, Bumblebee was there that day, I think, when we were doing it for for for, for, for Professor Jim. And then I was like, hey, man, um, we interviewed Mobley, and I said, well, he said, can we do a, can I do a video, man? And I was like, yeah, man, why don't you do this one? It's that, it, Bumblebee's here. It's a good opportunity for you. you. You know what I mean? And when he turned it in, and he had this little, like, squiggly moving thing in the middle, and I was like, what's going on there, man? I asked Mitchell, and Mitchell was like, oh, yeah, um, that's the intern's uh, creative vision. <laughs> Dude, I thought something was wrong with Zoom. <laughs> I thought Zoom was doing that to that video. That's <laughs> that was oh, that was on purpose. Look, man, you know sometimes there's some really, really p different people with different artistic visions, man. You know what I mean? When the first time, I was trying uh, to be patient with it. I was trying to be like, I was watching it because I'd never seen it before. I'm like going, okay. And like I said, you know, so I feel like it definitely like I'm going to have to get a, get on that production personally, man. You, you know what I mean? Because uh, but, but like I said, have you ever had some a friend like come up to you and then say like, uh, 
hey man, check out my drawing. Isn't this really good? Like, uh, you, you know, how do you do? I mean, I'm sure people have come up to you and asked your opinion, right, Deech? Um, yeah, no, no, no. I, I have people asking me to check stuff up, check stuff out every now and then. And um, you know what? Luckily, uh, most of the time, it's actually really pretty good. Uh, usually it's the checking out the stencil technique or something like that. And, um, yeah, yeah, most of the time it's very impressive, uh, what people have been able to do with the technique. Um, but, uh, you know, there, there has been a, what's that? Who are some other artists that use your technique? Just, I mean, we've had some on the show. We've had Amy Smith, you know, we've obviously had, you know, like, cause you've seen people like people like uncut, uncut. You had no idea, like, they influenced you, you know? I'm so, I'm, so I'm sure that's, I mean, you influenced them. So I'm sure that, like, some artists have reached out to you saying, like, hey, uh, I use your technique, check out, check this out, you, you know? Well, um, I've mentioned him in the past, and I'll, I'll continue to mention, um, is this guy named Scam, um, Scam Sticker. Uh, mm -hmm. That's his Instagram is Scam Sticker, S-K-A-M. STI, you know, stickers, scam sticker. Right now, so we can take a look. Yeah, please do because um, he uh, he's actually done pieces that are um, just as good and better than than what I do, um, and probably only because he doesn't have you know twins like I do. Um, he has a, a lovely lady that is uh, a teacher, um, Kitska. Check that out, man. And uh, she does beautiful work as well, but. Um, Let's see. I don't know if that's. Uh, I, yeah, that could be using my technique. It's it's hard to tell how big these pieces are. Yeah, but, that's true. Um, this looks kind of like a paste up, actually. But uh, uh, this is this is Paige. He uses a. Uh, he does a lot of cool stuff, man. It's very like. How should I say? He has a lot of zombie um, uh, look to to his work, um, but uh, it's it's just labor intensive. I was able to go. Uh, visit him in his studio up in Portland and I, I, I saw why he is able to do the work he does and it's because he's like a neurosurgeon with just how slow and precise and um, methodical his movements are because um, I was actually watching him cut a, a stencil uh, using my technique and um, you know when he would put the screen down uh, and go back and hit the, the the really small parts. He would get like a toothpick and use a toothpick to dab the glue to to touch the small parts. Mm. Um, and so, you know, it's it was uh, it was amazing to to see what he had done with with the uh, technique. And I have no problem saying that he's he's done you know more detailed work than I actually have with uh, with this technique. Um, maybe not as small as I have. But um, his pieces are, are you know, a, a bit bigger. They're, you know, sometimes at least three feet by four feet. And um, the, uh, the amount of detail that he puts into that is just amazing. That's awesome, man. Let me see here. I, I just let him know to call in whenever he's ready, basically. So uh, um, I don't, whenever he gets that, he's going to call in. But I basically want to... You might be some... working out. <laughs> Yeah, the guy's ripped, man. Seriously. Yeah, no, um, he's, he is uh, definitely uh, very well physically fit. I just want to thank the audience for continuously supporting the show, man. We have some really cool guests coming up for you. Um, Kai hit me up, and he said uh, he wants to come back on the show. It would look super cool for us to 
be talking to a oh, man. Head, huh? <laughs> oh, dude, I just <laughs> you know I mean? I, that that um, that interview could have just kept going and going and going. That dude is such a uh, a, a vast well of, of information. And, yeah, man, and, um, and, and and willing to share it. You know, the just the how willing he was to share what he had been through, and you know how to to go about doing your business as, as an artist. Um, yeah, that's, that's one of my favorite, uh, episodes, um, yeah. and check just because of in, information alone, you know, let alone that he's such a, a nice guy and, uh, you know, just enjoyable to be around. Yeah, man. I mean, check out this new print he did actually to raise, uh, money. So if you want to go ahead and, uh, you know, support the COVID, co uh, COVID, uh, relief causes, he did this cool, not all heroes wear capes, um, where he showed kind of like the people who are actually uh, stuck still working, actually, when everybody's still at home. Uh, it's like a That's guy awesome. in a, a janitor outfit, um, a doctor's outfit, a nurse's, a market, and also the construction. These people don't stop working, man, actually. You, you know, essential and, workers, man. Yeah. That's, um, you know, the, the whole essential workers thing, I feel like it's so like, Weird. Hey, are we allowed to? Are we allowed to talk about our little secret acrylic project? Yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, is that... about, let's talk about it for a second. Okay. We submitted it to the. Uh, okay. So basically, those of you who don't know, uh, Pioneer Chemicals um, and Pioneer Americas—they're uh, manufacturer of acrylics. That's my company, and uh, we've worked together with Teacher on many occasions, actually. And one of the cool things that we've done in the. Uh, uh, past weekend to combine our um, acrylic and also teachers craftsmanship is to create some COVID-19 aerosol boxes actually. Um, if you were looking on our story uh, over the weekend we basically uh, we basically kind of uh, gave a little bit of information out there. Let me pull that up right one second. Okay. Hmm. So basically, my brother, he's a uh, anesthesiologist, and then he found that, um, let me see here if you can, basically, this acrylic type box for the patients to go over, uh, to cover the patients, so um, they can uh, not infect the doctors, actually. So, you know, over the weekend, me and Teach, uh, well, mostly Teach, actually, <laughs> uh when i made some of these boxes and uh let me show Dude, you it was you that supplied the uh you know the, the supplies well it's um, a group effort at the end of the day you know you know we, we we're a symbiotic relationship right <laughs> i gotta tell you dude i i uh i was it was, it was a little bit of an experience for me because that plexiglass was just a little bit thicker than an eighth of an inch just mm -hmm. barely mm -hmm. and you know we made it 28 inches by uh 16 inches you know 28 inches high and we were gluing the, the acrylic to acrylic and yeah. the glue that you got was so liquidy that i just i couldn't i couldn't fathom it actually sticking it together like i was just waiting for it to just like break apart and, and it's basically like water right you know i mean the yeah it was watery so watery but dude scientific it, it, term viscosity I, <laughs> holy cow it turned out tight man yeah, and then yeah. oh, dude, the uh, the experience with the hole saw. <laughs> let me uh, let me just kind of tell you guys how um, we made it because I did capture some cool videos. So this is the final product right here. 
basically. It doesn't look like all that. Um, kind of hard to see what, uh, what that looks like. So basically, yeah, it's kind of hard to see. This isn't the best. I'll put, but basically, um, Teach was using this hole saw. It's a five inch, five inch in diameter. Uh, oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> it was a nice day. I mean, we spent it drinking beers, watching UFC, and then uh, basically working on this, man. That was your first time using a hole saw, basically, right? <laughs> yes. Yes, that one that big. I've used one that was about a, a two inch in diameter one uh, in, in wood, mind you. And that, that was, you know, you got to pretty much brace yourself pretty good. Um, but I, I never used a five inch in diameter hole saw and especially into acrylic. Uh, how, I was so, working with acrylic comparing to like wood basically. Cause it's like weird. It, even though it's a plastic, it's still moldable, like sheet metal. It's in between wood and metal basically. Right. Well, the type of stuff that, that, that sheet that, that you got wherever, um, I was, I was so afraid it was going to chip much more than it did. It didn't chip that much, but I also had, uh, made sure I had special blades. There's mm. certain blades, um, that go in a skill saw or circular saw or table saw or whatever that are better for, for cutting acrylics. Mm. And, and, um, so I made sure I had those blades, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Luckily, you know, didn't have to sand too much down with the, uh, with the holes, but, the first, <laughs> that first hole, I mean, that thing got away from me. And there was a little bit of roughness on the inside of one of those holes, but it was still round. It was round. It was a perfect round hole. Yeah. You just, you had to get in there with the sandpaper and, uh, and smooth it out for me a little bit. But, um. Didn't you say you knew somebody who had an accident with one of those? My dad. Circular... <laughs> my dad, dude. That's what I thought. When we were building our house, when we were building the house that he still lives in, mind you um he was doing the plumbing i think it was and he had probably about a, a three inch hole saw three inch hole saw okay mm. and i just remember um hearing a loud noise and hearing him cuss and uh coming over and seeing uh the pants that he had on just were completely ripped up to the knee and um Jeez. he didn't get any blood he didn't you know catch himself but he piece of the of his pants got caught and just totally tore it up so oh, that's why God. i made sure that <laughs> i had the uh the, the tight fitting pants and i pulled them up in, in a way and and uh, just made sure i braced myself as much as i could but yeah that was my dad dude oh geez man i can just imagine that thing getting tangled up i mean the fear <laughs> that, you know i mean that that thing goes on your leg man oh you know what we got to give that lady a shout out who got your uh, saw working too, man. <laughs> that was embarrassing. That was very humbling. We, so the, the whole saw, it's a five inch in diameter piece, okay? And it, it attaches to an adapter that attaches to your drill. And like I said, I've never used one before. So I'm trying to figure out the adapter. And it looks like you would just undo this little Allen wrench thing and pull it off and then put the thing on and screw it back on right but you know i'm i'm have an allen wrench and i don't want to torque it too hard because sometimes you you actually go backwards to get a screw to come out of something sometimes and so i didn't want to torque it one way or the other too much um 
so we, you know, luckily, good old YouTube, I said, uh, James, can you see if we can find a, you know, video to show how to do this damn thing? And sure enough, you know, there's a few of them, but the one that we happened to pick, this lady that was showing how to do it, just like, oh, look at this. She took half the video showing me how to open the damn package. Oh, you're going to do it to me? Really? You're going to do that to me? No, I'm going to do this so the video people um, can watch that's it. A while. Small. Oh, yeah, that, that is a small one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, okay, I'll find the video. I'll find no, the video. No, that's not the same one. Yeah, yeah. No. But, dude, it was, she was just, she took half the video to open the damn thing. You know, and I'm sitting here going, okay, this lady is really, really annoying me, man. She's really annoying me. And then she finally gets to like the 10 seconds. 10 seconds is all I needed of that damn video to show me what the hell to do. Because all you do is you just take it and you just screw it in. I'm like going, oh my God. No, I just love it. There's no need to remove anything from anything. There's no need for an Allen wrench, whatever. You can take the thing and just screw it right on. Budding, bada boom. And there you go. You're off to the races, right? I just love it because like, uh, you know, remember the back in the day we had a uh, tool time, you, you know, that TV show home improvement. Uh, uh, uh. Oh yeah. <laughs> Tim, Tim, the tool man. Taylor. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> yeah. No, what's cool is like, you know, you expect like the video to be like a, you know, like a tool time, Tim Allen kind of guy who uh, knows what, you, you know what I mean? And, but I'm just saying the internet nowadays is full of just like regular old mom, you know, you know, who actually needs to use the, the saw as well, you, you, you know, and, and uh, it's just, like I said, it's internet is a wonderful place. And I feel like it's like, you could probably get all the fucking education you need just from YouTube, man. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, all these maybe, days. Yes, absolutely. I basically learned how to produce music from watching uh, uh, YouTube and different videos. My masterclass is another, like uh, it's a paid program basically, but I mean, you know, just, I, rem I wish I had these resources when I was in college, man, because like YouTube was just a place where people posted like just dumb videos of like, uh, you know, you know, Janet Jackson with her nipple showing, you know, you know, that's how you why YouTube got started, actually, because people realized that at the uh, Super Bowl, everybody wanted to watch Janet Jackson's nipple again, but there was no place to put it. <laughs> there was no central place to basically put it you, you, you know what i mean so through that you know like you always say man uh you know the mother of invention is a need right necessity necessity, necessity the mother of invention. <laughs> so that's how youtube got started man because we we all need to see janet jackson's nipple you, you know you know i'm at the super bowl <laughs> well i'm very thankful of it for it now because it, it uh, however much of an idiot that lady made me feel like and how humiliating that was it uh, you know it helped me to figure out what we needed to figure out for that moment and move right on and get our uh, our task accomplished yeah speaking of youtube um if you guys are listening to the audio of this podcast actually if you go to youtube.com slash la street gallery um <clears throat> please subscribe to that actually we have all the newest episodes of painted town podcast on video and uh, you can take a look at some of uh, these street, street artists and uh, how handsome they are, actually, you know. <laughs> Speaking of which, you want to go ahead and play one of his videos? Um, you're talking about Exvala? Yeah, yeah, because we're sitting here waiting for him. I don't know what he's okay, doing. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good idea, actually. Probably still working out. It's like <laughs> well, uh, three weeks ago, he did a toilet bowl challenge. It's 12 minutes, but you want to take a look at it? He did what? <laughs> 
he did a uh, toilet bowl challenge. Yeah, sure. Let, let's just see what's going on because I, I, I don't know what it is either, okay? I'm a little curious. Okay, um, he's actually. Oh, is he here? No. I can't hear anything. Oh, why? No. Oh my God. What the fuck? <laughs> curious have you ever looked at toilet bowl teacher <laughs> no sir and i never will the closest i ever came was when i was possibly uh getting sick in one but no never the thought to lick it never occurred to me <laughs> yeah the thought has never occurred to me either let's see what they're uh, saying I'm going to pause it right there real quick. They're talking about eating ass, man. I feel like he's going to be a good guest. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, because I can't, I can't hear the, uh, the audio. Hopefully you can Oh, you can't hear the us. audio. Oh, damn. Okay, well, let me just stop sharing because he should be calling it. Well, basically, they were having the reaction, um, reaction shots to uh, people licking the toilet seat, man. So uh, let, me, let me just go over a few of the other... Uh, of the other uh, controversies, I guess, uh, Wikipedia says that is on <clears throat> Xvala's career. Uh, one of Xvala's earliest and most enduring uses of uh, controversial celebrity image was a display of Britney Spears with her head shaven taken by the paparazzi in 2007 and later placed online where the artist found it. In 2011, he used a nude photo of Scarlett Johansson that has been hacked from the uh, actress's phone and leaked publicly posting multiple copies of the photos in public area across Los Angeles with fear Google stickers covering the breasts and buttocks. He called these images disruptive innovation. I'm going to pull up one of these uh, real quick. Please. Um, <laughs> as you can see right here. Um, oh, yeah, I remember those. There's Britney Spears, I think. Oh, sorry, that's Scarlett Johansson one. And uh, fear Google, man. Hey, real quick. So I'm going to stop right here for a second. Did, did you hear about how like Google and Apple are going to team up together and create a uh, create kind of like a health app for this COVID thing? Really? Yeah. Basically, what they want to do is let you be able to track who you've been in contact with. So um, let's just say, you know how you, when you pass by a store and then uh your you know cell phone will send you a push notification saying like hey you just passed by blah blah, blah. there's a sale here you know that's kind of inside the 
the realm of technology. So basically they want you to, when you pass by somebody near who has a, um, who's had exposure to COVID to let you know. You know, on, on the surface, that sounds nice, <clears throat> but this is getting real close to like big brother shit right here. I was just gonna say that. That's, that's borderline, you know, some uh, panic invoking shit right there. Yeah, because I feel like, you know, this is like getting very Minority Report, man. <laughs> have you seen that movie, Minority Report, with Tom Cruise? Yes, I have. <laughs> In this movie, basically, yes. you know, they can, they can basically tell when you're going to come uh, do a crime. They can kind of read your thoughts. and I mean, that's what social media is, right, at the end of the day? Well, they have um, engines that do the, you know, the studies and, you know, predict what people are going to do basically based on what they look at and the comments that they make and everything. They take all this data down and uh, yeah, that's, that's how they figure out some of the trends. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I don't know. I, you know, do you feel like, I think there's this quote by uh, Benjamin Franklin about safety and security. Let me pull it up real quick. Um, Benjamin Franklin safety and security quote. It says that. Oh, you know what? Are oh, you looking for that? I just want to mention this little guy right here. Um, made for uh, for Easter, and uh, I was gonna originally had plans of hiding him in the streets, you know, and letting people go uh, grab him, but because of the stay-at-home orders. Um, I'm donating it to road dogs. It's a, uh, uh, a bulldog, the rescue, uh, foundation, and they're going to raffle this guy off sometime next week. So, awesome, uh, man. you want to help out some, uh, <laughs> some bulldogs, um, go check out road dogs. So here's the quote. It says, any society that will give up a little liberty to gain a little security will deserve neither and lose both, basically. Oh, Let me wow. put it in another word. He who would trade liberty and temporary security deserves neither liberty or security, man. So, I mean, he basically said that, like, God knows when. You know what I mean? But basically what we're doing here is we're slowly giving up a don't go outside. Hey, you can't be around people. You, you know what I mean? I'm not a conspiracy theorist person, but basically we have to look at this trend during this period of time that a lot of people who have power during moments of crisis, they use these periods of time for advantages to gain more power. Would you, would you agree? Absolutely agree, dude. <clears throat> this is like one of those moments when they started translating the Bible. Mm. That was when the biggest control factor took over and they started making different versions of the Bible and using it to control the masses because it was an unknown thing. And anytime you're able to say, Hey, I know what the unknown thing is. People are going to fucking listen. <laughs> and so here we have with the same thing, you know, you got the coronavirus and people don't know about it. So they're going to listen to whatever the fuck they're told. Yeah, and you know, I think it's kind of weird is it's like... At least most of them. Some people are going to be like, let me check that out about three or four sources, okay? <laughs> Which, you know what? That leads me back to something I actually 
started on earlier, but then I trailed off. You okay. were talking about these programs that are talking about being highest rated programs and stuff like that. I'm like, well, how are they, you know, what exactly do they use to rate these programs? Being high? Is it the most people viewing it? Because let me just tell you, I check these programs out just so I know what kind of information is out there. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and I know there's a large number of people that are like me, you know, like we want to know what kind of information a lot of people are, are listening to as their only source of information so that we can understand what the hell they're thinking, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's why these, a lot of these programs are getting such high ratings. Plus some, some people watch it for the car wreck, uh, you know, philosophy is like, they just, it's almost like watching Jerry Springer or something, you know, you're watching Hannity or some guy like this, you know, like Barney Rubble up there just going, Ooh, you know, the Democrats are just, no, 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 no. You know, it's like, dude, you know what? Right now is not a time to be political. You know, um, you and I were talking about it in the last podcast. Like I'm, uh, and I was just actually watching a, a press briefing, the, the daily press briefing with, with, with the, with the president. And just watching some of these reporters just, you know, trying to badger them. And, you know, it's like, this is not the time. You know, this is not the time to be trying to make him look bad. He looks bad, okay? <laughs> he's, there's, there's no denying that, that he did not do well with this response. He says he does. You know, he was the first one to cut off the China. That's like his one thing that he holds on to, like a, like a holy grail, you know? It's like, I was the first one to stop travel from China, you know? And a lot of people... Were, were against me and everything, but, you know, and so, good. I will give them that. But, Gotta give them props you know, for that. Yeah, a lot of people were saying, that's fucking racist. You're, <laughs> you're, uh, you're, uh, you, you know. Maybe that was not racist. That was locationist. Yeah. And when you have a virus, you have to be locationist. What you they should what I mean? have done is cut off the travel at the, from Europe at the same goddamn time. Because as you can see, the New York area is way more affected by the virus than the West Coast, and that's probably because he cut off the travel really, really early on. I mean, honestly, when I heard that, I was like, whoa, this could be real fucking serious. I, you, you, know, you know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> but, you know, going, let's go back to one thing I wanted to uh, talk about real quick. When we, people give up their um, security for uh, um, advantages. I was watching uh, this World War II documentary <clears throat> the other day. And, you know, um, I've been to the Reichstag building, basically, uh, Hitler uh, in World War II. That's kind of like the German parliament building. And during World War II, um, he basically, uh, the, there was a fire that happened, right? <clears throat> there was a fire that happened that, uh, that lit the Reichstag building on fire. And what happened is that Hitler was able to use this as a symbol and also as a... Um, uh, something that happened to really, really fire up all the um, all the German people to go into war, you know, and it's kind of like, uh, for, I'm, I'm not saying at all, guys, like Trump is like Hitler or anything like that in, in this case. What I'm just saying is that during periods of time when there's crisis, people spin that a certain way to get their point across. I mean, yeah, and it may not be Trump, it may be someone else. Yeah. You know what I mean? Someone else who has a large following or, you know, has a, yeah, just has a large following. Um, these are times that they, they take advantage of the situation. <clears throat> you know, here, here's a perfect example of the, uh, of the, uh, the fake news thing I was talking about. 
um, or people trying to spin it, spin it to their advantage. You know, we talked about um, the LA mayor. Uh, what he wanted to do was uh, give a reward for people who told the police to, uh, on people who were not following social distancing guidelines. Have you heard that? Well, it's kind of interesting because, no, because it's kind of like uh, the headline was uh, LA mayor encourages snitching on uh, other people, right? So that just gets everybody fired up. Everybody's like, oh, hell no, fuck this guy. Fuck, fuck Eric Garcetti, right? He's like, this is like co communist Russia, right? You, you, you know what I mean? And then, yeah. so, including myself, man, you know, Rogan, I guess he got pissed and he posted a screenshot of it, right? And then uh, a lot of people, you know, Frosty Valley and Frank talked about it on the radio. And I started noticing myself getting mad. I'm like, oh, hell no, man. They're, they're going to snitch. You know, because we're these type of people. I've thrown parties and then they call the cops and then, uh, you know, the parties get shut down basically, right? But so I went in, dug a little bit deeper. I was like, oh, man, I want to find out this news article and read it in depth. Guess where it was? It was Fox News and Breitbart, actually. And... <laughs> It was copied to Yahoo News, you know, and at the end of the day, it was, uh, I, I really dug into it. I don't think he actually said that he encourages snitching because that's kind of like a little ridiculous. What it was is that, yes, there are, I guess there are rewards for if somebody, uh, you know, gives some information that leads to <clears throat> uh, people having, you know, massive illegal get togethers during this period of time. But I mean... The headline basically said, L.A. mayor encourages snitching. So, I mean, you know, I, I, I fell to fake news right there. He, he, you know what I mean? It was an opinion. It was an interpretation of what happened. And, uh, you, you know, I, I got emotional and then started reading. Good thing I didn't start passing around uh, uh, the screenshot of it because that's exactly what they want you to do. They want you to get enraged. Yeah. And then now we're trading information not by the actual articles, but by just the screenshots of the headlines and things like that. You, you, know, you know what I mean? Yep. And if you're just reading headlines, you know, they, they like to, God damn, dude, sometimes when I read the headlines, I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. You know, <laughs> they just throw some words out there to make you go, oh, God, what the fuck now? I got to check this out, you know? <laughs> oh, here, here, here is, uh, let me see. Let me get the doorbell real quick. Oh, there you go. You got to get quicker on that doorbell. And then that, the background music. There he is. Welcome, Igbala, man. He's connecting his audio. Igbala, <laughs> welcome. I don't think he can hear us yet. I think he's uh -oh. connecting his audio. Give him one second. Or maybe he uh, maybe wants to go silent movie. <laughs> I guess, uh, you know, the silent mime isn't the best for a, a podcast. <laughs> can you hear us? I'm taking that's a no. <laughs> no, can't hear us. Try to go up to the top up there and push the button and then... Like, he's going to understand that. <laughs> Let me see. I'm going to. Oh, oh it I'm... says computer is connecting to audio. Yeah. He's, dude, he's in Oklahoma. 
You know, I mean, like, they could be having a tornado right now. Let's see here. I'm kind of just. Oh, wait. It's now, wait. Now it's saying compute, connecting to audio again. Oh, wait, there it goes. There we go. Welcome. Can you hear me now? Yes. Welcome, Welcome to the, to the future. <laughs> yes. We're here. Is it too echoey? Welcome to Paula. <laughs> there we go. Uh, I'm filming this off camera. Is that cool? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It sounds like you're coming from a, a deep underground bunker right now, man. <laughs> You are. Oh, <laughs> wow. Dude, that is awesome, man. Yeah. This is the ranch. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm not having right? studio envy at all. No studio <laughs> envy at all. Oh, my yeah, gosh. It, it's, it's OKC. It's Oklahoma City. The land of the Tiger King, man. <laughs> That's about what you guys are known for these days, right? <laughs> I guess it really is. It put Oklahoma on the map, you know, in 2020. <laughs> you know what? I didn't I'm, know that. Yeah, huh? the the this this documentary right now on Netflix. I'm sure you got most people have watched it, but it's a uh, it's about uh, uh tiger owners in uh, Oklahoma, man. I mean, to be honest, I've been to Oklahoma. It it doesn't really give off. Uh, uh, not all Oklahoma people are like that, man. You, you know, they don't oh, have mullets. Do <laughs> you know the guy, Expala? Do you know this guy? No, I, I, I've known of him, but I've never met him. Ah, okay, okay. See, he's like a local celebrity, I guess. Um. I don't know. I mean, I just, he's not really much of a celebrity. It's like just people knew who he was, but it wasn't like anything. I, I think see. The Netflix thing has made it way bigger than it ever Yeah, was. yeah. You know, I've been out to Oklahoma. I always say, you know, there's not much out there, man. But there, there's nice people, and then the weed is legal now. Yeah, out there, I think, <laughs> you know. So for me, that that, that hits about like sixty percent of what I need, man. You, you know what I mean? So, uh, but we want to welcome you to the show, man, and talk a little bit about your art. We've been watching your videos online, and finally, uh, we get to talk to you at least kind of in person, man. Hey, man, let me introduce you to somebody. This is my friend Les, Les Wu. What's up, guys? Les. Welcome, Les. Thanks for being there, man. <laughs> the kids are happy. Les is here, man. Uh, yeah. Dude, so your beard. Your beard. The last time I saw you uh, about a year and a half ago when we met down in, uh, I guess, what was that? Uh, Manhattan Beach area or whatever. You had the full beard. I think that was 2018, maybe. Yeah, I was telling Les, I said, I haven't seen uh, Teach since uh, I had my big beard and long hair. So, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, I've been, okay, so I did that for documentary I'm making, and uh, that's why, also why we're filming this, while we talk. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. So, maybe Meme Ranch. Awesome, so, awesome. Tell us, so what we're gonna do, what we wanna do kind of is just go over a little bit of uh you know we, i read this stuff on wikipedia man and who knows a lot of it if it's whether it's, if it's true um and uh, you know that there so i i assume you didn't yeah you know i feel like uh uh you know wikipedia whoa like whoa, whoa whoa you're going in and out you're going in and out james there you go 
so basically, I, I just want to start off, uh, you, you know, you said that you describe your work as belonging to the post-PC era, man. So sure. what do you mean by that? So I took the term from Steve Jobs. And for me, the term describes uh, my, well, it describes a philosophical approach to the moment we're in, right? So I obviously made some art before the post-PC era began. But what that meant was like, okay, when I was going to Los Angeles, oh my God. Sorry, I was getting a call. This is too much technology around. When I was, uh, when I was going to Los Angeles uh, around 2007, right, the, uh, iPhones, the iPhone launched, the first one. And it just basically, PostPC describes that moment where mobile, like the personal computer was able to become mobile. Mm, okay. So we're no longer on a desktop. That's simple. That's the simplest way to look at it. It's always using technology to, to generate and, and create content and art mobily and not on a desktop. I remember when the iPhone came out, man, I was like, this will never last. I need buttons, man. <laughs> Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> that's, it's like Steve Jobs telling people like if uh, Henry Ford uh, ask people what they wanted, they'd say a faster horse. <laughs> I like that. Just I like so that. people know, um, Exmala, where are you uh, originally from? Where are you from? Right here. Oklahoma. Oh, okay. Oklahoma City. And so when you, um, when you came, when you started coming out to LA, um, uh, how long were you here for? When, when was the first time you came to LA? Uh, probably like as an adult, just for the heck of it probably the 90s and I came uh, to visit uh, one of my best friends Chris up who grew up here with me and he was living in Santa Monica and he had gone to New York films New York City Film School Tisch NYU and I just went out to hang out shortly after that I started a clothing line and from that point forward I would go to Los Angeles and up and down the West Coast in general uh, for that for, ah. for years that's what got me familiar with, like, say, from San Francisco all the way down to San Diego. Okay, I see. So when did, when did the idea to actually put stuff up in the street, when did that idea, when did you start doing that? Uh, so I can actually show you. Hey, where's Brittany? Can I grab something real quick? Yeah, dude, no worries. We, we're, we like being live and raw. And, uh, yeah, no worries. You can even bring us if you want. Yeah, but, oh, yeah there you go. This is, this is what I'm talking about. This, there's advantages to the Zoom thing where, yes. uh, you know, instead of sitting in the studio, we're kind of mobile. You, you know what I mean? Really mobile. Post PC, baby. I love there the lighting the, inside your uh, uh, studio, man. That, that's some. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's some space envy for me, man. I'm looking at it going. <laughs> dude, you got a great space. <laughs> Hi, right, dude. I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful for what yeah, I have. Right there. That's what brought me to LA. I remember oh. that. Britney Spears, basically, she. Wow. Had, uh, getting, this, getting this made. I'm, for the audience, the audio audience, uh, I see a picture of Britney Spears when she shaved her head, looking a little bit uh, maniacal, actually, inside this wonderful. A uh, gold frame with a well, it's a, it's an iconic. It? It's it's a uh, it's framed with an iconic um, framing around it. Basically, it's gold gilded. It's it's like you would see a a Jesus or a, a Madonna in. 
like so at an altar or something arch. like that. Yeah. Gothic arch. And the reproduction tabernacle frame, which is a religious frame. Uh, yeah. uh, Italian, I believe, primarily. And, uh, you know, it would usually have something of a, a religious background, a religious influence in it. And, you know, Brittany was perfect for this because it, 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 well, anyway, not to get too much into peace, but I just wanted to kind of, Oh, we'd love to. We got time, man. We got, we got, this we're is, all this sitting here. This is one of the reasons why man. people like <laughs> well, this show is we, here, you want to get in your mind. <laughs> That's what brought me to LA was, mm. that, and so it was about 2007 and, uh, she had just had a meltdown. And at the time, the internet was way different. Uh, you were able to get things uh, from around the world instantly. And it wasn't just for mainstream media. You could, like, you could send me something, be like, whoa, look what I just did in the street here. So I went to LA to get that photograph from the paparazzi, mm. uh, Frank Griffin. And uh, he was with Bauer Griffin. And they were kind of in the West Hollywoodish Beverly Hills area. Um, took me nine months negotiating with him on the phone to come out, and he actually gave me that. Wow! Whoa. And that was around 2007, and I had the frame done with Bernard Van Duren, who works with the Getty uh, wow. in creation and reproductions, and he's over, at least he was, uh, off Santa Monica Boulevard. So coming to LA, 2007, there was no Instagram yet. Basically, you know, the internet was a different place, man. No, there was barely an iPhone. But so, uh, you know, back in those days, you just you had to figure out how to get around LA if you didn't know, right? <laughs> you had maps. Um, so, but I came there. I came to LA for this to do this to do these pieces, this and another piece, and I I, I met the a paparazzi, and I also saw street art the time mm. so that's that is it was that your question street art yeah yeah exactly that was that was basically when the the street art idea came into your mind um and then so what was the first piece that you put up actually in the streets the br um i would probably say uh the first thing i did was a pizza stencil a i'm pizza sorry stencil? a pizza stencil i see like I'll show you that here. We'll do, we'll do this again real quick. Yeah. <laughs> this here. A stencil of a pizza. I like I did that. A stencil of my pizza. Whoa! Is that? That looks like it's stainless steel. It is. Oh my God! It's a stainless steel pizza box with a stainless steel pizza in it. Is that? That is awesome. Holy is, cow. I remember actually you were taking um like I said when we when normally in this on this show when we talk about putting things on the street we're talking about like a little sticker but when Exvala went out on the street the first time <laughs> he, he put a stainless steel pizza on the street man what what was that what was going through your mind man when you when you like uh you, you know wanted to put that in the street man well, for, for me uh it's an interesting thing like my dynamic with street art I'm not, not to sound like I overthought it too much, but my instinct was more about uh, coming from a, a memory of science fiction and um, 
it was more about the moment we're in. So, you know, coming up with Tron and uh, uh, all these science fiction stories about the future and like what it was going to be like. Blade Runner, great example. Uh, very influential to me. Uh, I recognize that we're in, are actually experiencing these things happen and come to fruition, right? Yeah. So the pizza was an example of, and this is not science fiction, but it, it was an example of a movie called American Pie. Mm, yeah, one of my favorites. <laughs> okay, you remember the original? In the 90s? Or is there an original before that? Yes, yes. No, I don't know the original. Please. Okay. <laughs> you remember? So in the original... talking about the song. That's the only thing. Once I tell you this. So the main character, he's like, uh, he's going he's gonna to have this hot exchange student, Czech exchange student come to his uh, room, right? And he's like, I don't know what's going to happen. And uh, she starts taking her clothes off. And they're watching her via a remote webcam. Yes. Right? It's kind of cringy, but they're like, go back, go back, record it, broadcast this. And so he goes, so he, he basically, he like sends this broadcast of him with this chick in his room to like this email list. But guess what? Technology and the system has other ideas, ends up going to the whole school. <laughs> so everybody sees and loses shit on a, a live web broadcast. This is in 1999. I'm like, holy crap. And so all these things just kind of carry forward with me into the future. And I, I'm, a, I'm probably more of a futurist than I am a street artist. Mm. And so to me, the, the pizza was this not safe, did I lose you? Oh, there you go. This is the That's scene right. right here when he's about to get it on with, uh, yes. and uh, we, we can't play it for too long or uh, we can't play the audio, but basically yeah. this is the scene where uh, you know, he's about to get set up on his webcam where the foreign exchange student comes in. Right. <laughs> but go ahead, go ahead what you're saying. So anyway, this moment where um, it's a comedic moment, but it's also, it's, it's sort of a moment that changes this, the direction this character goes in his life. And I think it was very telling to me that, boy, this might be the world we're actually entering, uh, where you, know, you have ideas about what you wanna share, but the system, by its design has other ideas. And, uh, you know, the pizza represented this pie, this American pie, because <laughs> pizza is America's favorite pie. I see, I see. Um, and at the, at the moment I made the sculpture, which is about the same time I did the Britney piece, uh, there was this thing called Not Safe for Work or NSF. You guys remember that? Not Safe for Work NSF. Uh, yeah, Google and NSF are not safe for work. Basically, it's uh, the idea that you would get something sent to you at work. Ah. Or a mixed company or at a family thing. And NSFW, yeah. And it would be like porn or, you know, like something really grotesque or just, you know, like something that might be funny even, but just not appropriate. You wouldn't want to share it with your mom. Yeah. So the pizza was this idea that you could share video uh, worldwide instantly through a link that you didn't know what it was, but you click on it and boom, there it is. That's the idea of the pizza. So I was taking that and then putting it back into the street. Mm, what did you then. affix that thing to? It was a stencil. I have pictures of it. It was stenciled. It was just stenciled. I didn't actually put the sculpture in the street. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, stencil it. Okay. Nice. Because it has a hole in the middle of it. It looks like maybe you stuck it on like one of those uh, parking pylons or something like that. But it, you know, using the hole as a as a situation. But that 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 is actually part of the not safe for work part. Mm, that makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. Now, now you also in 2011 used the photo of Scarlett Johansson that been hacked on her phone, man. So um tell us a little bit about that so that to me that was um no, i didn't show so those were nude images of taking from her iphone okay she had her iphone actually physically hacked yep there it is that is really close to the e headquarters off wilshire the what headquarters uh e entertainment ah okay it's also close to uh lacma i think Mm -hmm. I know that area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that far. So anyway, she had her, um, her private photos hacked off her phone. Not by me. Some other dude did it. I think they caught the guy. And so they were leaked online. And then they were put on basically Google search. And I'd already been putting Google stickers up mm. around. I started... Uh, Los Angeles and Silicon Valley started putting those up. And so to me, this just made perfect sense that, again, we're taking this step into the future where all your information is available to anyone worldwide. What and do you I, think, I did not show her nude, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're real respectable of it. You basically, I, I assume you got the picture from Google, actually. Yeah. You, you know, so that that's kind of what's crazy. It's like this, in a sense, it's like... Uh, you know, once it's out there, man, it can never be taken back in a sense, you, you, you know? I mean, I'm sure uh, they, they tried, man, but you know, once it's on the internet and it spreads just like this virus, man, it's out there. And uh, you know, it doesn't seem like we can, you want to take it back. I mean, you can't basically. And speaking of that, what, there was a piece that you had behind you um, when we, uh, earlier that, uh, yeah, can you, uh, can you explain that one? Sure. That's his COVID-19 with a robot. It's my robot paintings. Uh, and uh, the idea is just to respond to the moment we're in where, uh, you know, like the virus, uh, you know, viruses can be, uh, they can be in a system like humans, you know, the human ecosystem, or they can belong in a, a digital system as well. So I'm just basically showing that uh, our response to, a virus is face mask, I guess. It's a good way to put it. Uh, it's a good way to represent the moment. You know, it's kind of ridiculous to see a robot in a face mask. Let me, let me show you guys uh, something I saw really recently, actually. Uh, it was on The Guardian. I'll just share this screen real quick. Look at this, man. We are in the future, okay? Robots are doing the graduation amidst this COVID-19. You, you see this right here? These are iPads that are... <laughs> that are uh, what? <laughs> better, better. Holy shit! <laughs> Let me play this video for a second. It literally shows like the guys. Okay, play this ad, but it shows these uh people, these iPads in this uh robot face, you, you know, and then they're coming to get their uh, diplomas. Uh, oh my god, dude! <laughs> and everybody else is wearing face masks, man. How creepy is this shit?
It's just like Gattaca, dude. This is Gattaca. Oh my That's god! It. Look at this. I'm telling you, man. This it's the it's gonna creep up on us, and it we're not even gonna notice that. it. Yeah, I see what you're looking at now. <laughs> That's no, creepy. I mean, this is this has been the crux of what I do for since the beginning. Honestly, um, it's responding to like not necessarily where we've been. I just saw my face when I was just <laughs> like. It's not. It's not so much about where we've been, but where we're headed. Really quickly. Yes, absolutely. Age of control. Yeah, I mean, so you know, you've been you've been basically telling us to fear Google since uh, 2007, man. I've always had this, uh, uh, you know, this uh, thought that you know, in Terminator, how their Skynet, how they know everything. I mean, Google was just like is kind of like Skynet, if, if, if you think about it. Yeah, Google, yeah, Google's an aspect of Skynet. I'm pretty sure that if you combine uh, all the, even Zoom, what we're using, I've never used Zoom, by the way, but this, this, this process here, uh, combine everything that we have as an application into one thing that's accessible through the sky, that would be, we're, we're probably building Skynet right now. Yeah, yeah, and it's creepy to think that it's like, it's almost like, it's, what is our obsession with a newer, better, faster technology, man? I mean, my iPhone 7 right now, or sorry, I have an iPhone X, but honestly, my iPhone, I think, 4 was good enough, man. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It was fast. It played music. I could look at pictures. I mean, but every single year, technology just needs to get better and faster, man. So I don't know what that is. I mean... You know, but it's just real interesting how we're pretty much creeping into the days of Terminator and Skynet without even realizing, man. And sometimes when I get stoned, I, I start freaking out, you know. <laughs> well, I think, I think just building the better wheel is, is uh, you know, I don't think it has really much to do other than people want to do something better. You know, they want a better future. They feel like better technology will get them there. And I think that's that's also what we've been kind of trained to to hear throughout the the decades is you know from the beginning you always want to try to do it better and faster and so sure. there hasn't really been that generation that says hey you know what we're kind of good we're good we're good <laughs> we just you know just yeah take it easy now you know like maybe it's time for that because um, if we can't get a hold of a fucking pandemic, then what kind of technology do we really have? You know? Yeah, the problem the problem isn't always the technology, it's our understanding of the world we have. So like a pandemic is basically every flu we have, not every flu, overstating, but a flu, typically we have a flu every year that's a pandemic. Because all it means is it crosses a border, it crosses multiple borders. That's, that's the definition right. of a pandemic. It's just our ability to, Take, take information and then use it in a useful way isn't, technology is not going to help that. It might actually hurt it. That's, yeah, I see your point. <laughs> because I mean, there's some people, some people you just can't uh, get a message across to them. Um, yeah. And they only, they only listen to one media source. And that's actually why I started kind of changing the, uh, the, the graffiti and street art that I was doing on the streets. I'm, 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 I'm going away from doing political stuff 
Um, the world, the country is just way too divided right now. I'm focusing on animals and, and, and peaceful images. I mean, I put something up to, you know, about the, the COVID stuff, but it's not, I'm not trying to be divisive about it. I'm trying to, you know, be, uh, you know, point something out that is, you know, uh, universal or that, uh, you know, is I'm not picking on Trump anymore. You know what I mean? Like I, I look back at a bunch of these stunts I did in the past couple of years and, you know, it's like good grief. One, two, three, four, four maybe five stencils I've done of Trump. I don't really? know my fingers anymore with all the uh, detail you put into your, your, your stenciling. I, I'm amazed by that. I, I really, really, truly, I don't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Well, it's it's part of my therapy. It's part of my anger management. You know what I mean? Just taking that knife and, and cutting into something. People you know, have this, no idea how much work that is. That is a lot of work. I'm impressed. It keeps me from cutting into people. So <laughs> keep doing it, please. Do more. <laughs> Teach peace, you know? <laughs> we'll throw it back to 2010, 2011, 2012, 2013, all that. I remember uh, first time I came across you was probably on Melrose and Fairfax blog, something like that. And I remember you were like so positive and everything. And like everybody, like a lot of the artists I hadn't met, I mean, but a lot of them I had. And they were like so negative on you, like, okay, teach, we get it. You want everyone to get along. And what, what, you know, I would stick up for you, even though I had never met you. And uh, I remember that, bro. I appreciate that. People were people were saying that you're too peaceful. <laughs> Is am I hearing this correctly? <laughs> no, no, it's just you know I thought that putting this message out there about teach each child education and everything that like people would leave me the fuck alone, you know, and be like, oh, you know, good guy, you know, good. No, dude, there's fucking, because I was doing stencils and not only because I was doing them, but because I showed people how to do them is why I was getting so much hate from all these OG graffiti guys. You would interact with the people in the comment section and that would, that would get you a lot of hate. They're like, get the fuck out of here. You know, we don't want to hear your message and all this and that because honestly, they're, they're there to kind of get the glory of the moment. Right. That's what they were out there doing street art. Yeah. I finally, yeah, a lot of I finally them... realized that it, it, you know, it was the first time that I actually had my artwork in a situation where people could make comments anonymously. You know what I mean? Like it was an anonymous comments thing. So people would get fucking vicious. You know what I mean? And at first it, it hurt my pride. It, it, it humiliated me. It, it, pissed me off and everything but then I think you were one of the people that helped me to realize that dude it's just people anytime you get that much attention people are going to come after you you know what I mean don't let that detour from what you're trying to do because if if you do let that detour from what you're trying to do then you're not that great anyway you know what I mean like if you want to be great if you want to do something great if you want to be a great fucking person you have got to be able to deal with all kinds of people trying to fucking pull you down, fuck you up. Doesn't matter how good a thing you're trying to do. There's always going to be that one fucking guy, man. <laughs> Not just one. Not just one. <laughs> you know what, Teach? You're kind of like uh, the Bruce Lee of street art, man. You know, all the Kung Fu masters back in the day, they were getting mad because 
Bruce Lee was teaching foreigners like how to do martial arts, man. That's and, right. I, that's right. I remember that you were, now. You were teaching, uh, you know, outsiders how to do new stencil techniques, which is basically like a form of cheating in a, a lot of graffiti minds' heads, man. So, like I said, man, uh, be careful out there, man. <laughs> oh no, dude! I've had death threats. I've had all kinds of threats. Like there was a point in time where um, this was quite a few years ago, but. Uh, some of the guys that I hung out with back in, in Florida, you know, the military guys, and, you know, they, they would they'd go out on missions and stuff and come home and party their asses off and everything. But, um, you know, they were, they were willing to come out and take care of anything, anyone. They, they followed me on Instagram, and, and they thought it was funny when people – in Facebook, and they thought it was funny when people gave me a hard time, like, dude, shut the fuck up, you know, like, teach this, teach that. And, you know, they would laugh their asses off at all that shit. Um, but anytime anyone would make a fucking physical threat, uh, I did have one guy actually came out and I can't talk about what happened with that, but luckily it didn't excel. It didn't reach a physical, uh, situation. And it, it taught me a lot in how to just not even deal with these people, you know, to just, you know, it's a wonderful thing. It's called block, block and delete. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I learned a lot from that experience. It's like, you know what? You want to be tough. You want to think you're cool and everything. Don't even, don't even try because shit escalates and you think, you know, some big people that are badasses. There's always someone who knows someone that's even more badass than that. So don't even, it, it escalates so fast. It is not even worth it. Hey, Xvala, I wanted to kind of talk to you about one of the artists actually, that's maybe uh, from your hometown that I'm a big fan of called Chihuly actually um he's a glass artist and he makes these like really really crazy glass exhibitions um you've probably seen him inside the Bellagio in Vegas um but yeah oh I know, I know who that is I had a yeah. chance to go out to the Oklahoma City Museum where he, I'm gonna pull up some of his uh some of his it pieces right be. here <clears throat> fucking amazing so if you went to the Bellagio man you've seen these kind of like up uh, Seattle Oh, he's but oh, he's from Seattle. Okay, I'm sorry. There is a Chihuly Home uh, Museum in in Oklahoma City, though, right? They have, I think, one of the larger collections of it, and they have. Yeah, a yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, I apologize to the audience about that. Uh, he is from Seattle, I guess. But yeah, you know, I, I, I'm just saying, you wouldn't think that somewhere in you Oklahoma, think, you would think he was here if you go to the museum. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't think that Oklahoma City has like a rich uh art community man but actually like like i said you know to have that big of a collection of jahuli man like i was just blown away man so you know like i said oklahoma city i'm a big fan man like uh you, you know uh i got a question for you what um do you remember where you were and what you thought about the uh the oklahoma city bombing when they hit when they blew up that fucking building yeah i was in bed asleep and it woke me up oh you heard it how far in, is that from your area? I don't know how many miles north I was, but I was north. I was in I was in the suburbs of downtown. I was far removed from where the bomb went off, and uh, I remember I was in bed asleep, and the the noise and the vibration uh, woke me up, shook the house, and I thought a plane. There was a field behind my, at the time. There was a field behind my house. I thought oh, so maybe a sonic boom. Well, it's, it sounded like a plane crashed in my backyard, like in the field behind my house. It was that loud. Oh, shit. And uh, 
yeah, I didn't know what was going on. Woke me up. Eventually, I guess I turned on the TV and saw that there had been a bombing. So, geez, that was what 1995. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah I'm looking it up. It says they killed 168 people and injured over 680 people. Timothy McVeigh, man, this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, yeah, man, I mean, like I said, it's, it, you know. Laura Oklahoma. Williams. Laura Williams has a uh, recording studio in uh, Oklahoma, I think. She did, like, uh, recorded the, I think, what, the Rolling Stones and, um, like, huge stars. Who's Laura Williams? I'm trying to think if I know her. She's, she's there in, uh, in Oklahoma City. She, has, uh, she actually also has horses, um, like, uh, show horses, Arabs and half Arabs and stuff like that. But she also has a recording studio. Um, a friend of mine actually was a, uh, a trainer for, uh, for her horses at one time. And he, he, he was also a singer. And that's how, like, you know, she's like, well, come down to the studio. And he was, like, seeing some of the people walking in and out of there. And it's like, you know, major fucking celebrities and shit. So um, it's, it's a little hidden, hidden nugget, man, Oklahoma City, man. I, yeah, I, man. I, I mean, I've honestly, not been and I look forward to going, man. Yeah. It's not all, it's not all Lion King here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tiger King. <laughs> Sorry. No worries. We got you. We got you. Yeah. I mean, okay. So before, I mean, we're, we're already past an hour actually, but we, you know, we signed on a little bit late. So I still want to keep on talking about um, some of your art pieces, man. One of the cool things that I, uh, that I, that I read was basically, you know, you collected garbage from uh, uh, certain people's houses and actually kind of uh, created sculptures. Like one of the ones is you, you collected garbage from Steve Jobs house and molded into uh uh something you know to kind of uh uh can you talk a little bit about that one so okay so really the only piece to talk about from uh silicon valley is the hangar from uh, mark zuckerberg's place okay so i've been back to all these places since it's it's really interesting that um all these guys live within very close almost walking distance uh proximity and um, Palo Alto seems to be like where a lot of them are, but they're, they're spread throughout the valley. Um, it's like Los Angeles, you know, it's got, it's got some small mountainish type areas and some, val- and some hills and then valley, right? Like the valley. And uh, in uh, pa- Palo Alto, you have uh, Mark Zuckerberg and you have not that far away, but a, it is a distance. You have Steve Jobs, and I believe it's uh, not Larry Page, but uh, Sergey. I think Sergey is like literally from Google. From Google, uh, co-founder of Google. Uh, not really across the street, but kind of across the street, and it's kind of on a dead end. And they're on a cul-de-sac together. <laughs> they're on a cul-de-sac together. I mean. <laughs> Steve Jobs' house is on a corner, and then uh, Sergey, I believe it's Sergey. It could be Larry, but his house is, is kind of uh, across the street and then down a little dead end. But so what, what, I, what I was going to say is, like, there was a time when you could go by there and there was no – nobody would bug you. Like, there was not much traffic there. Uh, there was no security that I ever saw. But now there is. I've been back doing this documentary I'm making, I've been back to all their houses and there is like visible security. Mm. And 
I'll tell you what, the one who's got the most security is Zuckerberg. Oh, <laughs> I bet. We went I around, bet. So we made the mistake of going around his house twice and coming back around a third time to film. And uh, my camera guy did not have his camera ready twice. So we, get, we, we go by twice and I'm like, dude, you gotta get the shot this time. So we go by and this time when we went by, there was two Suburbans had pulled up like this, like pointing towards each other, uh, driver to driver. And one, so we go by the third time and, and uh, A-Rod has his, his camera out, his cannon out. And uh, the security guy in one SUV hands his iPhone to the guy in the other one, like facing us. And he starts filming us. Right, and this is like 2017 or 2018. And uh, they're filming this with the, with the iPhone. And I said, you know what? And these guys are pretty, like they're, they're like, they're hipsters. They're young guys in their 20s. And they're like all about social media, right? I said, they just got you on the facial recognition and they know exactly who you are through your profile. And they're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Because they hadn't really thought about, you know, the fact that your face is your ID in 2017, you know, three years ago. And, but once we were there and they, they were in front of the, the uh, founder, Zucker, uh, the found, Zuckerberg, the founder of Facebook's house and Instagram, uh, they're like, oh, it just clicked for them. Like, oh my gosh, you know, they do have my face on, on file. They do have a database of all my activities and they can type, they, and they probably even know through my phone that I'm right here right now. And if they wanted to, they could probably look up our rental car record. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> and you know, they knew what I was making a film about, but it didn't really hit home until it was their faces getting searched. So. I see. Yeah, so anyway, don't, don't go there. I'm not encouraging anyone to go by these guys' houses. There's constant traffic in front of Steve Jobs' house. Not so much in front of Zuckerberg. I don't think anyone knows where he lives, really. He lives not very far from Ikea, I'll tell you that. Uh, <laughs> off a major highway. Um, but anyway, do not go by and bug these people um, or go by their houses and gawk. It's, I don't recommend it. There is security. They, there's lots of cameras. Uh, so, you know, it's just, for me, it's very fascinating from like a, historical standpoint that you know i'm here in this moment while this is happening i want to experience all of it i, I want to know what it was like to go by these people's res like where they live what they do i want to know what it's like to be in in the epicenter the mecca silicon valley i want to know what it's like to be in la during the rise and the fall of the paparazzi this is all this is all great so this, what was the story about the art, art history it is really kind of art history and i think it's better that uh, I think your, your camera guy actually did you a good one because to be able to come around that third time and actually have some security there and get that experience, know you know. So it was probably like like Bigfoot footage, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I know what happened. Uh, and he knows, you know, there was three of us in the car. And the funny thing is, you know, my beard. I had my beard. It wasn't Oh, easy. man. But, uh, so A-Rod is a Hispanic. And... Uh, you know, dark skin and, and or darker skin, and then um, uh, the other guy was with me had a huge beard, right? So we probably to them were looking like suspicious, looking like well, like you had like you had uh, the costumes going. Skin. 
<laughs> you guys are looking like ZZ Top trying to uh, spy on Zuckerberg over there. <laughs> Borderline homeless people in a rental car. I don't. <laughs> so what's this about the hanger, though? I mean, uh, I'm I'm looking at you know you know you holding this hanger. Like, what's the story behind that? Uh, sitting in the trash. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so the the idea of the hanger is is that we are uh, okay. It's called a, a Mark Zuckerberg's not very well hung hanger, and it's you know, a visual pun, so to speak. And it, it shows our privacy, it shows his privacy. And the idea was the hang, the hanger is not hanging. It's, it's resting and it's upright. So it, it's not, it's not a very well hung hanger because it's not hanging. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that, you know, maybe his hanger is not hung very well. <laughs> You know what I love, man? That basically, I, I kind of understand your whole angle of this now. You want to capture this whole Silicon Valley time period. And you know what? This is like in the future, this will be a relic, man. Even though it's just a, even though it's just a small hanger, basically. I can see this in a museum 2,000 years down the line. This was the founder of Facebook's hanger. <laughs> Done by Exvala, the artist. <laughs> optimistic than me Jim I, I just don't even know if we'll be around in a hundred years I, I, I have my doubts so let's just say I'm not making this for prosperity I'm not making this for museums in the future I just don't even know, you know? when uh, any idea of like a, an approximate finish date for the the documentary uh, hopefully this year hopefully 2020 I hope it's gonna have been I started uh, December, I think, of 2016, roundabouts. So this this building here where I'm in right now, this right here, mm -hmm. uh, I started building this in, well, we, okay. It was being built in 2016, Christmas day, I get a text and it's my sister-in-law and she says, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, what? And there's a picture and it's this building on the ground. So it had gotten it had gotten through frame stage, which you know carpentry a little bit. I know we'd gotten through car, uh, frame stage. We were about to put the roof on, and it got hit by a small tornado. Oh my uh, gosh! We got all that. So that's that's the beginning of the, the documentary is the flattening of this place. Isn't there? A I remember seeing all the when you put, you posted the photos of the construction of it and everything, and I remember seeing it and just going, "That's huge! Holy cow!" Yeah, <laughs> I was looking at it going, man, I wish I could be there to, to kind of help build that thing. I, I mean, I'm fucking nerd about building stuff and everything. Yeah, um, you are uh, really into it. Let's see here. I'll show you a picture of it when I got knocked down on my Instagram. Here it is. Uh, this was January 2017. Still on my Instagram. You can see me. Oh man! <laughs> what we're looking at here is uh, exalted, oh, I think uh, I remember seeing and the that. building oh, torn up by a tornado God. right behind it. Man, that must have been devastating for you, bro. It sucks, dude. That's such a great shot. Holy cow, man! <laughs> Documentary footage. Is uh, uh how yeah. often do you guys get tornadoes out out there? Is it an annual thing? Hold on, let me see. <laughs> <laughs> He's looking at his watch right now, guys. <laughs> For those of you who, uh, who are listening, 
uh, X Fallen just looked down at his watch to check. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's uh, they they come quite often there, and there's also tornado alleys. There's there's certain parts of the uh, you know of the areas that they're you know they just tornadoes just go down these fucking alleys. In general, the metro is considered a tornado alley because you have the the, the jet stream coming from the northwest, cold, dry air, and the more, warm, moist air from the Gulf come right over Oklahoma City and collide. Mm. And so it goes like this with the air goes like this. Yep. Right? And that's what causes the that. spin. Oh, okay. Typically, now, we're in an area where that will happen a lot, especially during spring and summer, like May. That's, that's a bad month. It's a lot of flat land in Oklahoma too, so I mean, I feel like you know, you know, that kind of causes it too. Like out here in California, all I've ever been through is like an earthquake. I think, you know, I've never been through anything crazy like that. But it seems like something that happens every single season. Does this, is that something you guys get used to, or is it always? Have you ever been scary? through a uh, like? What's your worst experience with a with a uh, tornado? Other than your place being torn down, like have you actually been in a tornado? <laughs> Uh, okay, now have you actually been in a tornado? No, never. Um, I know people who, so, you know, it's like everything. You're like, oh, this will never happen to me. But I know somebody who, uh, there was a, like, there was a big couple tornadoes that came through Oklahoma City, mile wide, F5s or F4s, huge. And literally cut, you know, through the city or suburbs a mile wide obstruction and they were like well we'll just stay home you know it's not going to get us and at the last minute left and uh came back and there was nothing there but the concrete slab oh my gosh and it's just that you know it's just it's there's some it, it can depend there can be like nothing left literally of where it went or it could be like uh, this actually happened uh, there was somebody I know who had a barn and it was made out of cinder block. Nice barn. And they had a Ford truck inside the barn. Tornado comes, hits it in the middle of a pasture and the Ford trucks left no scratches, nothing. All the cinder block around it's gone. Jesus. It's almost like a skinwalker ranch or some crap like that, like, like paranormal, right? Dude, that's a natural phenomenon right there. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, wow. I could just, I, you know, only thing in my imagination, just never being in one is, you know, from the Wizard of Oz, man. I, I just imagine houses being carried, <laughs> you know, on top of twisters, man. Like that shit. Dude, this shit, uh, an F4 or an F5 will pick up a, um, an 18-wheel truck, tractor trailer, oh whatever, and just spin it off into fucking oblivion. Um, yeah, I've seen some footage on YouTube, obviously. Went down a rabbit hole one day and we're just like... <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh i can't let my son see this it'll freak him out daddy we're gonna get hit by a tornado because florida you know about tornadoes yes yes yeah. i do yeah i've seen quite a few tornadoes we uh we call them water spouts <laughs> because most of the time that i saw them <laughs> they're coming in off the water you know right. uh, but a lot of people don't realize this but hurricanes have tornadoes in them you know lots of little yeah. tornadoes like that happened because of all the, the, the winds and everything. But um, yeah, luckily I haven't uh, 
gotten pulled up by one or anything like that. But I've seen them go down the beach and just – I used to put the, the wooden chairs and umbrellas down on the beach and just watching, like, uh, 20 or 30 wooden umbrellas with, like, you know, the, the wood dowel is that big around with a point at the end so you could dig it down into the sand. Just going, point, 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 flying through the air. And just going down the beach. <laughs> and people running on. You want to get uh, javelin with one of those. No, it's, it would be a shish kebab. Dude, yeah. I'm telling you, something that's that big with the, the point that these had and the, the, the ferocity with which they were going down the beach and tumbling. And I'm the lifeguard. And I'm just in the lifeguard just running down, grabbing these things, flying up in the middle of the air and popping them down and trying to lay them all down and everything. So when you're a lifeguard in that area, you know, I never had to pull anyone out of the water, luckily. Um, but there was always the, the occasional wind change and blast where you had to be good at chasing down the big umbrellas and, and popping them and putting them down so no one got shish kebab. Basically, I could explain. You, you can relate to this, I know. But the best way for, for like Jim to understand is um, if you're going to relate, like, the circumstance of a, a major uh, supercell coming through the Great Plains – which is what we're, we're typically, we're not really the Midwest, we're more the Great Plains. Uh, it is like being at the edge, of, like a, on the beach or in a small boat on the ocean and you just see the storm rolling in towards you and there's like nowhere to hide. And it's so ominous, right? It, it just feels like you feel alive. Mm. So, scared to be alive at that moment, honestly. But that's what it's like when you get a supercell rolling in on the Great Plains is like you actually get a little worried about not just a tornado, but the damage that, uh, you know, 90 mile an hour winds. And, and you know what? I and you guys get you guys get microbursts. Yeah. Microbursts. It's, it's such the wrong name, I feel, for what this thing is. Mm-hmm. A microburst is a massive amount of rain. And wind that just shoots straight down, mm-hmm. and it hits the ground and just goes out like that. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a, a an atomic bomb. Instead of going up like that, it goes down and just goes boom and out like that. And so wind is going all these different directions, and like you know, gale force winds just boom. Right. So it's it's. I mean, I don't want to get nerded out on weather, but like in Oklahoma City, we had we had to develop all this advanced weather technology, radar technology from way back and. And so I would go, I would travel other places. I'm like, this is a weather, you know, this is stupid. (laughs) Weather models and forecasts. And like, literally before we had that mile wide tornado come through, we knew they said in two days, you're going to have massive tornadoes come through. I don't know how they, I still don't know how they knew that, but literally happened. They can calculate it basically. Yeah. I can give you a video from my, my house here. That's worse than that. Woo! The top five microbursts uh, captured on uh, on video, basically. This, this looks insane, man. There's like rain coming at you four, from four different directions, man. <laughs> well, it depends on where you are. You know, a microburst should come down in one spot, you know, and, you know, depending upon where you are is the direction it's going to hit you from. Yeah, But, man. yeah, it just comes down and goes, you know, if you can imagine dropping a water balloon, okay, you just drop a water balloon and you see how water goes every fucking direction. 
That's what a microburst is. Like, bring planes down by airports in Dallas and Oklahoma City and other places. Jeez. I don't know about, I can't tell you a record that it happened here, but I know that just one of the reasons they started using Doppler radar around airports was uh, to protect against microburst. Yeah, I was in uh, Kansas City. That's where I experienced a, uh, a microburst out in Lee Summit. And it was just like, what the fuck is this shit? You know, it didn't last that long, you know, and, and then it was, you know, I find out later um, and learned, you know, fucking microburst, man. Can I bring up one thing real quick? I want to change yeah. something. I want to bring up that, that wall I sent you guys the video on. Yeah, we were just watching that whole video actually right before you came on. So tell us a little bit about that, man. Well, I don't remember your history, Teach, with uh, Jim. Were you involved in street art? I don't know. So, okay. So let me just get uh, let me just kind of tell you my background. I shouldn't be here, but I'm very fortunate that I am, actually. <clears throat> um, during 2010-11, actually, I was actually a pharmaceutical rep for, uh, uh, you know, in the Hollywood area. So this was the time that uh, street art is basically just booming. And my territory for calling on all the doctors was actually uh, in Hollywood, Melrose, and Fairfax, actually, area. Oh, oh, yes. So basically, what I did was basically as I'm delivering. It was a drug dealer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got that. <laughs> so as I'm delivering the drugs to these doctors, basically. Not saying, MO, right? <laughs> <laughs> as I'm delivering these uh, uh, samples to all these doctors, basically, I just see all these pieces everywhere. And, you know, the mainstream, I mean, maybe a little bit here on Art Blogs, uh, LA Weekly, they're talking about it. But nobody, there was no central site, uh, aside from Melrose and Fairfax, I discovered later, that basically was documenting it. So what I did was just, I just started posting uh, pictures on a Facebook group and called it LA Street Art Gallery, basically. And- uh, Got the you know, name. That's, that still exists. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, you know, we're still paying for it because hopefully one day I would love to have a, you know, some sort of a, a physical gallery, actually, that we can feature all the artists on the podcast and everything like that. But basically, what year was it you were starting? You were doing this at 2010, around 2010, basically. Yeah. So we may have missed some of your pieces earlier on. Um, but basically, but um, when Melrose and Fairfax went down and uh, Greg decided to stop doing the blog, he basically passed over the torch to us. And, uh, you know, we've done some videos for a lot of artists. But basically, nowadays, uh, it's all about the podcast, man. I feel like this is the best way for us to get up to date information from the artists on what's going on. And uh, which leads me actually to uh, your the podcast that you've been featured on, man. Uh, Meme Ranch is it? Mm -hmm. uh, tell us a little bit about that, man. <laughs> well, hold on. I wanna, before I do, I want to. Sure. Can I circle back around on that real quick? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'll tell you about Meme Ranch, but I just wanted to. Okay, so 2010, you kind of became aware of street art, right? Yeah. Okay, what about you, Teach? I can't remember exactly when. That's actually when I got started was 2010 as well. And it was mainly because they were making cuts in the education budget. And my wife showed me an article in the newspaper and, uh, in like, um, August, September, August, September of 2010. And I was going to do paintings of graffiti, you know, but then I was like, I don't want to be disrespectful, but I couldn't come up with any fucking ideas. Um, but then, so when that came up, you know, I was like, you know what, it's time for me to start doing some graffiti because, you know, to me, this is going to be about a protest more than it is just marking the city mm -hmm. up and, and vandalizing or anything. Wow. So that's that's how I got started. So, okay. So that wall, okay. That wall that um, was removed from off Beverly Boulevard. Do you guys know where that's at by, by any chance? 
Which one are you talking about? The uh, the slab that I, it's in the video. It's got the banks. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll pull it up the video right now. Mm -hmm. What? Well, uh, no, where on Beverly was it? So that's my footage. You can use it if you want. It's not going to be copy stricken. Um, nice. That is right next to the Quentin Tarantino Beverly uh, Cinema. Uh, you know where that's at? I, I think, think it's, so. I think it's not that far from. Uh, uh, oh my gosh! It's between Orlando and uh, La Brea, maybe, or does that sound right? Okay. Um, off Beverly. I th I thought it was uh, no. Um, what was I thinking? Um, Holmes? No. No, that's not right. Um, no, I think you're right. Uh, near Brea on, uh, off of, off of Beverly. It's really close to the La Brea Beverly intersection. Yeah. It's maybe just west of that. I'm not sure which way I, I'm disoriented, but, and it's, I'm not a, a native LA person, so I'm not. You know, I've spent time there. I've worked there, but only in the underground art scene. I never really lived there, so my memory is fading. But <laughs> it was next to. It was in between. I think, what, or it was on the the face of uh, a vintage good shop, which I think was owned by Terry's family, Mr. Brown. Oh yeah, that would make sense. Yes, okay. it was next to Quentin Tarantino's Beverly Center Cinema or something like that. But so what I was gonna say about this is maybe 2006, um, Banksy in that spot. Okay, this, this slab wall here that you're seeing. Yes. If you see a wide shot of it where it's got the caveman stuff, on that same spot where he's got the caveman, he put the, uh, you look better on MySpace. Ha. Ah. Let me just pull this up so we can get the wide shot of it. But I was out there in Los Angeles working and I remember uh, I was mainly staying in the valley. I was, I was over in the Reseda Tarzana area. So I would come into this area and, and see this stuff. And uh, I remember there was other pieces there too, but this wall here, this little slab that got removed, he had, if you were to peel back the paint, you would see the, uh, you look better on MySpace. Oh, it was over oh. your piece. Yeah, it's under, it's under this piece. It's underneath this paint. Holy oh. cow. No, it's this, this wall right here, this slab of wall has three Banksy's on it. Wow. It has, you look better on MySpace from 2006. And maybe from 2008, it has the, uh, a maid sweeping uh, something under the rug. That's the YouTube video I sent you. Oh, Shepard. shit. Shepard's, Shepard's there. And he's saying, yeah, I was with Banksy when he put this up. Right. Oh, okay. I'm going to pull that video up that you mentioned uh, earlier. This is why, now that's not my video, so I don't know if we've got the copyright on that. We won't, we won't do the sound, but yeah, um, go. But uh, yeah, let me share this. It's at 220 in. Mm -hmm. So Shepard's there, and he's like, yeah, I know Banksy, and you know, I was, <clears throat> I was with him when he put this up, and you know, Banksy gives like his version of commentary about what the piece is about. I mean, Shepard does. And um, so you've got, from 2006, you've got the, uh, I look better on MySpace, 2008, the uh, May, or 2007. And then I think it was in 2008, actually, he put up the uh, caveman. 
And so mm-hmm. that's okay. for years. And so I, when I was in Los Angeles, I was working on my, my other art pieces that were based on memes, like that Britney Spears, that was like the meme that really broke through to me, you know? That, because it was the first image I remember seeing pop up on my computer that I didn't get from mainstream media. Like my friends sent me that. Mm. Look at the Spears deal. So, you know, it, it was a viral thing, but it was also mimetic. It's like then people started reacting to it, that Chris Crocker guys like Lee Britney alone. And I was like, wow, this is like a phenomenon. And so I went to Los Angeles to work on getting this fabricated in Los Angeles. While I was there, I see the street art and, uh, you know, I'm like, hey, I'm a contemporary artist. Uh, I'm going to learn about this stuff. And I said, I think it actually fits into what I'm doing as a a post-PC sort of, not really at that time, but you know, working in the 21st century, this speaks to me as, as sort of like the future that we've been taught, that's been taught to us through science fiction. So I'm going to respond to the street art. And uh, I went to that wall knowing that uh, it had the uh, MySpace deal, knowing it had the, um, the maid, and knowing the caveman. Like, I picked specifically the size of that, uh, who's laughing now? <coughs> That was me playing off Banksy, right? So I took something he'd done somewhere else online, redid it. You know, you've probably done this. Redo it, you know, project it, cut it out, and then uh, figured out exactly where to put it. Because to me, it was like a a blog post. It was like the comment section of the Banksy, right? Mm. (laughs) What I wanted to do is be on that wall where there's three three Banksy's and hopefully be removed with it. when the, the wall was collected, I thought that might be a possibility, but only if I did something that was worthy of commentary. And so for me, it was, my, my goal was, nobody knew who I was. Nobody knew Expala. After I did that, people did, in the street art community. So it was like David and Goliath, right? Little old Expala down there taking on the giant caveman, which was Banksy, and, literally uh, the giant shepherd because he was there with, when Banksy was doing it. And they were, they were the, the kingpins of street art in Los Angeles. And here I am coming in, taking them on in their, on their turf, right there on their turf. On and their piece. On their piece. Yeah. On his, well, Banksy's piece. And, you know, Shepard probably showed him where to put it. Probably, you know, who knows, maybe Shepard did it for him. Uh, but it was just a, uh, a fantastic opportunity in 2010 I think that's when I did it to go and and have this placed right there at the foot of his giant piece so it's like a little David and Goliath commentary anyway love to, that. to me for what Banksy did in Los Angeles and Shepard as well both of them uh, during that time frame that you became aware of street art both of you uh, right at that moment is when I put that up um, I felt like that was, looking back, that's definitely the high point for street art, right? Of the street yeah. art. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It's one of the peaks, man. So that's amazing, me, man. I've seen that piece so many times. Wall. That's the most important wall in LA to me. It was used to promote his uh, Barely Legal show. Oh. Uh, MySpace one was. It was used to promote that. It was used to promote... Uh, uh, Brainwash's movie, which became Exit Through the Gift, gift Shop, 
Yeah. Think about all the influence that little corner had. Yeah, man. man. Th that was a good eye, man. It, you know, that's one of my favorite pieces, too, of the uh, uh, Laugh Now will be in charge later uh, with, with the thing because, uh, mm -hmm. I, I honestly, I feel like it's just like it kind of expresses the attitude of graffiti like so much uh, and street art scene, actually. It's like, yeah. I'm going to make my little mark right here and you just wait. And uh, basically, Svala, you, you, you did that, man. <laughs> Did you ever have any kind of uh, any kind of dialogue? <laughs> uh, did you ever have any kind of dialogue with Shepard or uh, or Banksy or Banksy's people or anything? Huh? Did you ever have any kind of dialogue with uh, with Shepard or Banksy or anything like that? I, I, uh, they wouldn't know who I am at this point, and they probably never really did. But I I met Shepard a couple of times. Uh, spent time, you know, when I'm coming to LA, I'd spend time on occasion going into his gallery over there in Echo Park. Um, I had friends that lived right over there. Um, nice. I met, I've met Terry, uh, Brainwash. He wouldn't know who I am probably because it was all very casual. You know, it wasn't like when I met you teach and we sat down and like, we like talked. It was just like, you know, you're in the midst of uh, other artists or just in a social situation and you get introduced and you say hi and that's about it. Yeah, I did okay. get say Google my wiki for me. <laughs> <laughs> I recorded it. It's somewhere on the internet. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I, it's awesome to see like a contemporary artist who dabbles into street art, basically because hey, it fits the narrative. You know, I love that, man. And so many of your messages deal with the future and technology, man. I think like uh, you know, street art, especially during this COVID crisis with nobody you know around, it's really kind of like hey, it's the messages from the street going on. Like, what are people thinking? What's going on in the street? Especially when there's nobody out there right now, man. So, you know, it's awesome to be able to talk to you today, man. Well, I think it's, I think we need some more street art at this moment, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I think that would be very, power, power, very powerful, so. Now, can we- and Plus, it's, I mean, if you do it, you know, safely, you do it, you go out at night, there's hardly anyone around. You know what I mean? You're not coming in contact with anyone else. There's always somebody around. Well, but most, <laughs> like these days, it's very empty. Thing and you're like, where the fuck did you come from? I was sitting here by myself. <laughs> you, know, you get locked up on all the time. Yeah, that's true. Um, but the last couple of times that I've been out here recently, um, it's been very, very quiet. Actually, I did get rolled up on by a cop. Um, yeah. Uh, a few days ago, I was putting up you're a, doing uh, the Jesus one <laughs> on no, Easter. <laughs> no, I was putting up one of uh, a big boy, and I actually combined it with the uh, meditate every day. The the words that Fish One did. Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, well, what I was going to do was I was going to use that thought cloud to put Doctor Falsy in and put stay the fuck home with, you know, with Falsy and that. But it, I sprayed up the thing. And I looked at it, it as like, there's not enough room in here to do this. So I'm just going to go ahead and do the letters and have big boy, you know, thinking, meditate every day. But as I was doing that, I saw this cop pull by and then he pulled back around and stopped. And he's like, hey, what are you doing? And I'm like, You're just putting up a, you know who big boy is? I'm doing a piece of it. He goes, yeah, yeah, I know who big boy is. Um, you know, you got uh, some kind of permit or whatever? I'm like, yeah, you know, I got a permit here, you know, and I gave it to him and he's sitting there looking at the thing, you know, and he goes, well, um, this is for downtown, you know, you're in Burbank right now. <laughs> what are you and, doing? Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, I go all over the fucking place. I try to find the, the, hit the Disney crowd. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I was like, well, you know, they told us to go find studio executives, you know. That's that's a studio account, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Blast, but yeah. But you know, the guy was like, um, you know, this is this is Burbank, and I was like, well, they told us to to try this in different areas. You know, if there's a box that isn't taken, that didn't decorate, you know, to put something on and get response from the neighborhood or whatever. And the guy's like, look, I I don't care. You know, you're fine with me. I, I'm you're not in any trouble with me or anything. I'm just letting you know that you know, this is Burbank, and you probably want to might want to get in touch with them to get a special permit so that you know people don't mess with your artwork or whatever really really fucking nice of course oh you it's got totally lucky cool, man you know burbank is one of those areas that you came and smoke outside <laughs> you can't smoke in public you know well, then I mean? again i am a 51 year old man who was speaking very eloquently and you know nice to the guy <laughs> and everything i wasn't like going <laughs> you're right Hey, uh, Exval, so I wanted to circle back around and kind of talk about uh, your show, man, Meme Ranch, man. It looks, we just watched a little bit of the Toilet Bowl Challenge, man, and goddamn, are people mentally fucked up to lick toilets, man. What the fuck is going on with people? <laughs> you got me, man. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a little bit about the, about the show. Posting that online, to be honest. I don't know. I'm not sure what I'm going to cover in the future. <laughs> yeah, so uh, how did this come about? And, uh, you know, um, obviously we can find it on your YouTube channel, but uh, how did, you know, what's the, uh, how did the name Meme Ranch come about? So Meme Ranch is uh, this, this area I work at. It's a 60, 65 acre piece of land right on the edge of Oklahoma City, city limits. Uh, it's next to this famous uh, uh, architectural gym from uh, maybe 50, 60 years ago. And it's called the TP Church. Um, by an architect named Bruce Goff. So anyway, it's it's a really quaint, cool plain, like Great Plains area. And uh, I have here a, like a classic American ranch style home, okay? It's black brick, it looks very modern, very industrial, but it's very ranch feeling because it's got grass fields and we've got some grass berms, we planted some trees, it's, it feels like if you went in the Calabasas area or, you know, somewhere just outside of North Hollywood, North Los Angeles, I'd say, I should say, and you get to somebody's little hacienda or in those little places where you get married at, it's like that, right? It's not that mountainous, but it's got the oaks and, and the cedars and all that. So it's a, it's a, it feels like a ranch land. And so this is where I live and I make my, my work. Mm. And also next door, I have a 10,000 square foot, uh, metal building part of that is used to display or show what i make mm. so it, to me in a ranch by definition is a piece of land a, a, you know like western frontier piece of land with a collection of small buildings so it's classically a ranch and a lot of you know sort of the genesis of my art is mimetic you know with the britney the pizza my cucumber, those things, those were, those were all um, ideas taken off the web as memes. So mm. just carrying that idea forward. I love that, man. Yeah. So what's, what? I mean, uh, on the show, who are the other people on the show? Let's just give them a real quick shout out. They're originally from Los Angeles. That's Eric and Erica Diaz. Um, he moved out here, I think, his last semester of high school. And uh, 
I think he went back to Los Angeles. They were high school friends, ended up getting married and have moved to Oklahoma City. And they were brought to the ranch by Les, who you met. And so they were like, I gave them a few minutes to do, like if you look on there, there's, there, there's some uh, videos of them like explaining my art. And I said, here, like my cucumber, I just dropped it in their hands and said, what is this? And I made it have their eyes closed. And you know, I, they described it with their eyes closed, like what it felt like and stuff. And, and then they opened their eyes. And so they just talked about these art pieces and uh, I've just had them come out ever since because they're such fun. They're great to talk to. They got great personality on, on camera. So it's just, we just sit down and have a good time with what's going on on the web. That's awesome, man. I'm pulling up this video right here uh, of your cucumber piece, man. <laughs> <laughs> they're basically holding the, they're holding the cucumber over your, uh, over the, uh, the, the pizza box, man. You know, it seems like a real cool show, man. I would love to, uh, one day we come out to Oklahoma and then go on the meme ranch and uh, do your show as well, man, since you, you did our show, man. You're very welcome to anytime. Oh, man, it's awesome. Yeah, man. So, so guys, so go to Xvala's page, X-V-A-L-A uh, on YouTube. And then I also say it again. MemeRanch.com. MemeRanch.com. And you can check out uh, uh, their show and we'll be definitely cross promoting that, man. Because at the end of the day, what's cool, I think, uh, is that, you know, I told you the story about why I'm here. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've been given this opportunity to kind of bring a lot of artists together along with Teach. And we just want to showcase people that are doing cool stuff in the street and uh, also just any artists that are that, that's doing something that, you know, we're turned on to, man. And uh, your stuff is really cool, man. And you've been a supporter of the podcast and Teach for a long time. So we just want to tell you, I pre we appreciate you, man. Thank you. Brother. Good to meet you. Good to see you again, Teach. Good Definitely. to see you again, brother. And when you come out to L.A., when this shit blows up, Hopefully I'll be out to see you guys at some point soon. Yeah, that's what I was Please saying. Do, man. When, this, when this shit blows over, man, we'd love to have you in the studio uh, in person because I feel like, you know, as cool okay. as this is, the technology, we get to see your studio, man, it's a little bit uh, impersonal, you know, you know what I mean? And uh, we'd love to have you in person. It's the lag down. time thing, you know what I mean? It's like, uh, what? what is it? What? <laughs> Sit down for ah. a drink, smoke, or whatever whatever you're into, man. And we, we love that, you, you know? So, uh uh hopefully you, you, when this thing blows over you can come on man I mean, he'll be out here he'll come out again so and you know when this whole thing blows over we'll have a stick sticker meetup too um and uh kind of exchange stickers man our sticker meetup got canceled um but like i said we welcome anybody that's uh, uh watches the show man during that period of time whenever that is to come by and uh uh you know meet us and uh, exchange some stickers man so is there anything else you want to uh, promote with the audience, man? Because, uh, uh, like I said, it's been uh, well over an hour, almost two, actually. <laughs> yeah, I'd just like to say, like to, say to uh, any people out there, like, I got to meet Teach through uh, online message board, not but blogs, I guess, and, like, never knew him for a long time personally. Just, uh, yeah, put yourself out there. Uh, artist, yeah. not just as a jackass on social media. Um, which is fun, but yeah, yeah, find something creative to add uh, to either your own ideas or other people's ideas, and uh, let's just keep it going. You know, we can't. This is like the Olympic torch; you have to keep the flame going. So just find new yeah. ways to do it. 
I love Agreed. that, man. That's a great way to end the podcast, man. So thank you so much, Xval, for coming on. We appreciate you guys. And uh, thank Thanks, you. Man. Take care. Peace. Peace. And in